Welcome to Just Us and God. This is Ellen speaking. Please excuse the fact that my voice is a little bit rough. I just hope that doesn't detract too much from your enjoyment of today's message. The Lord has specifically asked me to share something today, and I'm going to do that by sharing my own experience, sharing from a book that I've been reading, and also sharing from scripture. So if if you want to pause the recording, go ahead and grab a pen and paper. The book that I'll be sharing from is called The Spiritual Man. It's written by Watchman Nee, spelt N-double-E. It's available on Audible. It's available if you Google The Spiritual Man PDF. You'll be able to get a free PDF of it to print off or to read it on your device. And I imagine it's also available in print. The scripture that I'll be reading from is John chapter 3. And I think I'll probably just be reading... Um, Jesus words and I'll probably leave that till the end of the message. I'm going to start with an experience that I had of a deliverance of sorts. So roughly two months ago I was listening to the spiritual man and Watchman Nee made the point that even things that look good can be of the flesh therefore carnal in nature and in opposition to what the Lord has for us. Around that time, I was still enrolled in a Christian counselling course. And so, to Christians and non-Christians alike, that was something that would get the tick of approval. However, around that time, the Lord showed me that it was no longer um, something that was in His will for my life. Now, as I share that, it comes to mind that there's a scripture that talks about, um, you know, for me, it's a very simple definition of sin. And it is, are we doing the things that we know we should do? Um, And I don't know if the scripture says it, but it makes sense that it follows. Are we avoiding doing the things that we know we shouldn't be doing? And I also just want to share that my understanding of right and wrong it's not about what what seems good and what seems bad we know that in the last days they will call bad good and good bad or evil good and good evil for me it's a question of whether something is in God's will or not and unfortunately because of our human tendencies we can tend to um decide for ourselves what what is okay or what's pleasing to God neglecting the fact that our God is a living God who speaks to his servants and that he made provision for us to hear from him when Jesus died on the cross when we believe that Jesus died on the cross we receive his Holy Spirit dwelling inside us and so every person who considers themselves Christian and believes on Jesus actually has the provision to be hearing from God so it now is not the time for a teaching on how to do this I do have other podcast episodes that broach this topic um, one of them particularly is about how to quiet your mind um, I think the first obstacle to hearing from God is actually believing it's possible the second may be overcoming fears about looking like we're crazy And my answer to that is you don't have to tell everyone that you're hearing from God. Eventually you'll know, you'll discern what is safe to share with whom.
And then the third obstacle to my mind is just making the time and the space um, to quiet our mind, which can be very challenging for some of us, but I'm, I'm testimony to the fact that if we persist, it is possible, um, and, and to quiet our environment and to set aside what we're doing, to seek the Lord. And I guess the fourth and most significant obstacle is simply our genuine willingness to surrender, not just to pay lip service to surrender, but to actually be willing to do what it takes to surrender our lives to Jesus. And so if we can't give him 15 minutes of our day on a daily basis where we set everything else aside and sit quietly without distractions and say, Lord, I'm asking you to now show me something that you want to show me, um, then I think to suggest that we're surrendering our lives to him no matter what we might be doing that looks good uh, we're deluding ourselves and so that's not to buy into self-condemnation that's not judgment Jesus didn't come to condemn he came to free the captives and a lot of this just starts with awareness once we're aware you know it's like um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free It starts with an awareness of the truth in our options and so on and so forth and the provision that God has for us and then we can make the decision as to whether to engage with that or not. And so having said all that, if I come back to my experience where I was listening to the spiritual man and I had this light bulb moment, you know, we can know things on an intellectual and mental level hear things over and over with our natural ears without them really dropping into our spirit where they resonate and kind of boost our spiritual growth in Christ Jesus and so this was a moment where something that I knew something I'd heard over and over just dropped into my spirit and it was simply that it doesn't matter how good what we're doing is if it's not what God wants us to be doing our living God who can tell us moment to moment what his will is for our lives if it's outside of his will then it's of the flesh and it's going to detract from our spiritual development it's going to impede our spiritual development and not only that but rather than contributing to the Lord's plans for humanity it means that we're getting in the way of it And so as I said around that time, I was studying a Christian counselling course and there was nothing wrong with that course. And when I started it, it was within the Lord's will because I'd prayed and he'd led me to that course through his Holy Spirit. However, over a year had passed and for whatever reasons, that was no longer in his will. And so around this time, I imagine it was within a day or two after this revelation that I'd received through listening to the spiritual man, I'd prayed, um, I'd, I'd realised that the Lord was tapping me on the shoulder saying it's time to withdraw from the course. I sat down and prayed and tested the spirit to be sure that that was from the Lord because it was a significant decision to make, even though in some ways it was easy because it had become a burden because it wasn't in God's will, it was a burden for my life. So I withdrew from the course and in less than 24 hours, 
something which was more important to the Lord for me to be doing entered my life. And my life in those two months has become probably equally as busy, but the burden is light. The Lord says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Because I'm only doing the things that are in God's will for me, there's only joy, there's continual growth. It's all immersed in relationship with God. And so it's much easier. And of course, that impacts um, my family, my children as well, and others. So making that choice to move from what is good, what what we imagine must be in God's will, to truly surrendering our lives to him and saying, God, what what is in your will um, can lead to a much deeper satisfaction and much less struggling than what we had been doing, pushing through in our own strength and wisdom or the wisdom of man. And so I believe that what the Lord's asking me to share today will um, just relates to that and hopefully lend some clarity. So I'm going to read, I'm reading from the PDF of The Spiritual Man and in the copy that I have, this is from, it starts at the bottom of page 76. It says, how does man become flesh? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. So asserted the Lord Jesus to Nicodemus long ago, John 3, 6. Three questions are answered by this succinct statement. One, what is flesh? Two, how man becomes flesh? And three, what is, what, sorry, what its quality or nature is? So the first question, what is flesh? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the flesh? Man. Therefore man is flesh. And everything a man naturally inherits from his parents belongs to the flesh. No distinction is made as to whether the man is good, moral, clever, able and kind, or whether he is bad, unholy, foolish, useless and cruel. Man is flesh. Whatever a man is born with pertains to the flesh and is within that realm. All with which we are born or which later develops is included in the flesh. I'm just going to repeat a part of that. Man is flesh and everything a man naturally inherits from his parents belongs to the flesh. No distinction is made as to whether the man is good, moral, clever, able and kind or whether he is bad, unholy, foolish, useless and cruel. Man is flesh. Whatever a man is born with pertains to the flesh and is within that realm. All with which we are born or which later develops is included in the flesh. This comes straight from what Jesus said to Nicodemus. So I do pray that you have ears to hear. Question two, how does man become flesh? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Man does not become fleshly by learning to be bad through gradual sinning, nor by giving himself up to licentiousness, greedy to follow the desire of his body and mind, until finally the whole man is overcome and controlled by the evil passions of his body. The Lord Jesus emphatically declared that as soon as a man is born, he is fleshly. He is determined neither by his conduct nor by his character. But one thing decides the issue, through whom was he born? Every man of this world has been begotten of human parents and is consequently judged by God to be of the flesh. Uh, Genesis 6.3 
How can anyone who is born of the flesh not be flesh? According to our Lord's word, a man is flesh because he is born of blood, of the will of the flesh and of the will of man, John 1.13, and not because of how he lives or how his parents live. I'm just going to interrupt that there and just, you know, express something which again is not about condemnation, but it's about concern for the eternal lives of my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I've heard a number of Christian people express a kind of an us and them attitude, a sense of relief, which shows a lack of concern for the unsaved and just a relief that they are saved. And sometimes I wonder if they're confidence in their salvation that it's already attained um, is misplaced and um, the spiritual man is includes some sections um, which address address that issue and so I do encourage you if you've never really reflected on, on what does it mean to be saved and um, is it enough to say the sinner's prayer and then go on living life pretty much the same that we have done um, I think that's a box worth opening. As messy and as painful, as threatening as it may seem, um, just like all forms of deliverance, I think that the discomfort and the pain could be worth it for what what we see, what we attain to, what we experience, and the place that we come to and the confidence that we can experience at the other end of that journey. Christians can be just as carnal in nature as those who don't consider themselves Christian. Being carnal in nature simply means that we're of the flesh, that we haven't yet been transformed fully into the righteousness of Christ through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit and our engagement with his Holy Spirit. You know, that... um, coming alive in our own spirit and kind of gravitating the images of someone on a um, like a sports bench um, inching their way towards one person rather than the other that we are we inching our way away from the from flesh and soulish desires towards the holy spirit to what degree is the holy spirit influencing our lives our decisions our perspectives our hopes our dreams for the future our priorities, the way that we spend our money, spend our time, the relationships that we're enjoying with other people. So it's just a, you know, a call for discernment and to not fall into the trap of thinking that because I'm in this subculture that comes under the heading Christianity, that that means that I'm, that I have automatically better footing with Jesus Christ than someone who doesn't call themselves Christian. There's even a scripture, I think perhaps in Romans, um, that that says that those who don't sin, even though they don't consider themselves Christians, those who by nature are living according to the law, um, essentially are saved. So that's one that's worth bearing in mind. It's not by the labels that we give ourselves. It's not by who our parents are. It's not by our belonging to a church or adherence to a a set of principles. It's about our engagement with God through his Holy Spirit, our yielding to his Spirit to allow our transformation to take place. And it's a beautiful thing and it will increase our compassion 
for others, both those who are saved and those who are unsaved, whether they consider themselves Christians or whether they defy and ridicule Christianity. And so the third question in the spiritual man, it continues, what is the nature of flesh? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Here is no exception, no distinction, no amount of education, improvement, cultivation, morality or religion can turn man from being fleshly. No human labour or power can alter him. Unless he is not generated of the flesh, he will remain as flesh. No human device can make him other than that of which he was born. The Lord Jesus said is, with that the matter was forever decided. The fleshliness of man is determined not by himself, but by his birth. If he is born of flesh, all plans for his transformation will be unavailing. No matter how he changes outwardly, whether from one form to another or through a daily change, man remains fleshly as firmly as ever. And so I don't, I'm, I'm a little reticent to end the reading of the spiritual man on that note because Watchman Nee offers a beautiful explanation of how we can allow ourselves to be transformed from the flesh into spirit. And so I truly encourage you to get hold of this, to listen to or to read um, and to sit with the Holy Spirit and, and allow him. You know, it's it's heavy going because it's a long book and, and it's like every word has meaning. Um, and so I often find myself rewinding and rewinding and rewinding to listen to the same bit over and over. I encourage you to do what it takes Again, not from a religious or an, a, a mindset of obligation, but with an excited anticipation um, for even the deliverances that you're going to experience as you allow yourself to be fed on God's truth through this book. You know, we we can feed on God's truth by reading the Bible directly, but it is also possible to be, possible to be nurtured on God's truth through teachings that accurately reflect God's truth in the scripture and which often can also include lived experiences and rhema word instruction that the author has received through the Holy Spirit ministering to them to their spirit and so I'm going to leave leave the spiritual man now um, and leave that in your hands and with the hope that you are inspired to check that book out. And now I'm going to read from John chapter 3 and I'm only going to read Jesus' words. Starting at verse 3. Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I think um, many of us are aware that um, this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Jews who came to Jesus at night and and had said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, but no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus just cut straight to the chase. You know, this is a religious leader. He's immersed. He's fully invested in the things of religion, what man has made of God's truth. And Jesus has just cut straight to the quick. And told him, unless you're born of the Spirit, you're not going to get the insight that you're looking for. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit are you the teacher of israel and do not know these things most assuredly i say to you we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness if i have told you earthly things and you do not believe how will you believe if i tell you heavenly things no one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven that is the son of man who is in heaven and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in god and so even that last sentence there he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in god it just shows how um clear it is that what god desires of us is that we are so intimately connected in with him that the things that we do are of him and not of the world so um i'm just going to pray for a moment heavenly father in jesus name Lord I thank you that your your truth speaks into our hearts in the into the deepest recesses of our minds our hearts our souls Lord piercing us Lord dividing between spirit and soul Lord giving us the clarity the coherence that we can speak truth Lord in your name I thank you Lord that that your truth sets us free Lord I thank you that avarice and sin is broken in our lives We thank you God that you are transforming our minds from glory to glory as we sit in your presence in your glory fire allowing you to refine us Lord because we love you and we know that you first loved us that you've called on us Lord that we are your chosen few Lord and that we we embrace you we long to embrace you Lord and to welcome your truth into our hearts and minds as you're transforming us into the very image the likeness of Christ Jesus We thank you God for your nourishment that comes with your word. We thank you God for your rhema words. We thank you Lord for relationship with you through Christ Jesus and through your holy spirit that we can know you, that we can know you personally and receive your direction for our lives to guide us not just to good Lord and looks good to others Lord, but to give to give us the freedom to do what is in your will today for us to be doing. In Christ Jesus name I pray. Amen.